0: It is Thursday, September 9th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. And now, a confused man trapped in a bastion of common sense. Or is that the other way around? J.P.
1: Shadrick! I lost track, I'll say that. Welcome in to Jaguars Happy Hour on this Thursday afternoon. Glad you're along with us today, JP Shadrick with you, and we've got a busy show ahead, a busy couple hours ahead, in fact, a week one preview of the Jaguars and the Houston Texans coming up this Sunday at NRG Stadium in Houston, Texas. We'll preview that game, of course, Trevor Lawrence making his debut, as is head coach Urban Meyer. We'll hear from Daryl Bevel, the offensive coordinator, and Joe Cullen, the defensive coordinator. Both of those guys talked today. CBS Sports Analyst Adam Archuleta is on the call this Sunday. He'll join us about 4.15 or so today. And Jaguars Analyst Jeff Loggeman jumps on at 4.25. Then at 5 o'clock on the Jaguars Radio Network, it is the season debut of the Urban Meyer Show. The head coach scheduled to join us at 5 o'clock today. Let's recap the week. Let's start with Urban Meyer. Back on Monday Setting the tone for the week ahead in week number one, confident in the operation of the organization heading into the week. This week important, of course, but in a little different way than it was back in college.
2: Certainly in college, it's a, you know, it's, it's a March Madness. You're a, you
1: know, uh, it's just a little different that, you, you know, you can't lose a game in college. And professional football reality is reality. But yeah, heck yeah, this is a tone setter. This is a setter for everything but it's also the first game. Yeah, so obviously back in college, you lose one game. Ask, uh, ask Clemson. You lose one game, and your chances of getting to the college football playoff have gone way, way down. They are minuscule, in fact. Uh, Clemson has to run the table right now, in fact, to do that. Well, in the NFL, you lose one game. There are 16 more to go, and it's all about standing. So there are no rankings. You don't have to impress any voters, any of that. But obviously it is a big game for Urban Meyer. It's his first NFL game. He's you know, getting ready to put it on display for the first time for a lot of people that may or may not believe that he can do it at the NFL level. So I'm sure at some point deep down he's ready to go out and put a good performance together for this football team. The Jaguars named captains this week as well. Seven captains named by uh, the Jaguars. Urban Meyer announced them, but they were voted on by the team. Three on offense, Marvin Jones Jr., the wide receiver, Trevor Lawrence, the rookie quarterback, and center Brandon Linder is the first Jaguars player to have five straight years of captaincy, so he has the full gold C on his jersey this year. On defense, there are four captains, Josh Allen, Shaquille Griffin, Rayshon Jenkins, and Miles Jack, who spoke with the media this week. It is an honor for the six-year linebacker.
3: I just feel like it's one of the highest honors, especially in the NFL. I mean, a lot of um, awards can kind of be skewed, but to be in your building and have people, you know what I mean, feel like you deserve to be a captain, I, I truly appreciate it. And especially with the, the new faces and new, you know what I mean, there's so many new guys, it's a brand new team. So um, I guess to just kind of um, have that kind of respect and, you know, people think that highly of you, it means a lot. So,
1: Meyer said the other day that Miles Jack was the leading vote-getter of all the Uh, votes for captain for the Jaguars this year. Now, remember, the Jaguars last year actually had eight captains on the team. Urban Meyer says in the past he's always wanted a bunch of captains around, so they have seven on the roster this year. And another one of those captains, as we mentioned, is rookie quarterback Trevor Lawrence. It's his first start in the National Football League in the regular season This coming against the Houston Texans. And Trevor discussing earlier this week what to expect from the Texans' defense
2: this this won't change every week but just um just do what I do don't try to do too much that's the thing uh, I got great players around me just trusting those guys trusting uh coach Bev coach shoddy everybody put me in a good position which they have um and just just go and play but as far as defensively um just a really sound defense they don't try to necessarily trick you they don't have a bunch of crazy looks and you know all these different coverages they keep it pretty simple but the tough thing about that is when you keep something simple, they everyone's exactly where they're supposed to be. So it makes those windows tighter. Um, they do a really good job when they play man coverage of not giving up big plays. So that'll be a challenge, um, but definitely, definitely like definitely like what we've seen from our group. But um, yeah, they do a good job. Zone eyes, really good job reading the quarterback. Like they they forced ten turnovers this preseason, which is you know three games. That's a lot of turnovers. So. That's one thing that jumps out off the page when you're looking at just their stats, Um, but just the way they fly around has been has been impressive to watch.
1: Trevor Lawrence, the first overall pick in the 2021 NFL draft and in the common draft era from 1967 through now, there have been 25 first overall pick quarterbacks selected in their first career NFL start. They are a combined four wins, 20 losses and one tie the wins. Jim Plunkett in 71, Elway in 83, Michael Vick in 01, and the last to do it was David Carr with the Texans in 2002. The lone tie, Kyler Murray in 2019. And a lot of the performances, as you would expect, with the number one overall pick, a lot of times don't have a lot of personnel around number one pick. There's a reason the team is picking number one overall. This one feels a little bit different, though. There are a lot of players back. From this 2020 team that went 1-15 on the offensive side. A veteran offensive line they have confidence in. They've added a, a tight end to, to the mix to run block and Chris Manhurts. They've got wide receivers. The top three they're very confident in. And DJ Chark will be healthy and ready to go. The running back returns. They've added a couple to that room as well. So this has maybe a little bit of a different feel. A fully revamped defense to go along with that. We just don't have an idea what it's really all going to look like yet. We'll find out coming up on Sunday, and hopefully he can buck that trend of number one overall pick quarterback struggling early in their rookie seasons. Now on to Jaguars offensive coordinator Darryl Bevel, ready to push the buttons and get this offense moving and discussing Trevor Lawrence earlier today.
4: Uh, really comfortable. I mean, I'm excited about his progress, and, you know, it's, it's been a, a daily thing, and it still is a daily, a daily deal for him. Um, he puts a lot of effort and time into it. He really works his tail off. You know, there's there's so much that the quarterback has to do, and we take off of him as much as we can. You know, we got a, we're gotta. we very fortunate that we have a veteran center, you know, in, in Brandon Linder who can take some of that stuff off of him. But, you know, ultimately, always falls back on the quarterback. So, where he's at right now, I'm really excited about. Good spot
1: to be. Good off season for Lawrence, of course. All positive reports and grades throughout the offseason, preseason, training camp, the entire thing. And that continues now heading into week one. Well, he also has to have somebody to throw the football to. He hasn't really had a deep threat, Lawrence, in the preseason, at least until the final game when they signed a couple of guys to bring in to throw the ball down the field a little bit more. One of those should be back this week, D.J. Chark Jr. Big year for Chark. It's his fourth year contract season for him. And uh, we heard from Bevel today as well. What does D.J. Chark bring to this Jaguars offense?
4: It, it's huge for us. I mean, he's he's a veteran player. You know, he's he's, he's a Pro Bowl player. brings great experience to us. I mean, he, he really has been working his tail off. You know, and it's unfortunate that he that he uh, you know hurt that finger because he missed some of the time. But uh, these last I would say three days, um, he's really kind of hit his stride again. He's got his speed back. Um, he looks really good moving down the field. So um, I mean, I'm excited with him and Marv and and uh, and LaVisca.
1: Pretty good trio there, and that's the idea at least, on offense at wide receiver. Let's move now on the defensive side of the ball. Joe Cullen, ready to dial it up for the first time as a defensive coordinator in the National Football League, a long time in this league as a defensive line coach, now gets an opportunity, and his first opportunity will be against Tyrod Taylor, the quarterback for the Houston Texans, and Cullen dug deep during the research of Taylor.
4: The big thing is when he, 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 can make, he can make the deep throws, he's a Pro Bowl quarterback, he can, he can win the game with his feet if, if, if they, they like to do that, and we got to do a great job. So when we went back to the, all, the, all this time at Buffalo, we opened the season with him when, when, when we were at Baltimore, and the biggest thing we want to do is make sure we kept him in the pocket because that's where he was beating people. So we just go back to see not necessarily the plays, and then we looked at the, the uh, playoff game here. And they were doing a lot of sim- – Buffalo was doing a lot of similar things that Houston's doing, booting them out, sprinting them out. So we went back to the, those two games. So you did the, the playoff game, the Jags played yeah, against him? Yeah, the Jags and, and uh, when, when Baltimore opened against them.
1: Digging deep, they're hoping the pass rush can kind of keep him contained. Tyrod Taylor, a 6th round pick by the Ravens back in 2011. That's a while ago now. He's just kind of hung around the league. He's had some moments, plenty of starting time. In the regular season against the Jaguars, he's played in two games with one start. He did have that playoff start for Buffalo after the 2017 season, the AFC wildcard playoff game. The Jaguars' defense was strong, really strong in that game. He had a regular season start against the Jags in 16 with Buffalo and was 12 of 18 passing, and that one was sacked five times. That is a while ago, though, of course, even back to that playoff game after the 2017 season. And we'll see what this defense looks like. A revamped group up front. Can they stop the run? That's a big question this week. The Texans have a stable of veteran running backs behind Tyrod Taylor to work with. And, you know, guys who've been around the league for a while. Rex Burkhead in his ninth season. Mark Ingram in his 11th season in the league. David Johnson in season number seven. Philip Lindsey is uh, one of the youngins of the group, and he's in his fourth year. And he's had a lot of success. In the National Football League. So that is a veteran running back room. We'll see what kind of rotation the Texans have. And if this Jaguars run defense is fixed. Only one way to find out. That's to go out there on Sunday. And line up against the Houston Texans at NRG Stadium. Plenty to get to. We'll come back in a moment. Adam Archuleta, CBS Sports analyst will join us. Season tickets, single game tickets, group tickets. Be a part of the new era of Jaguars football. And own it. Visit jaguars.com slash tickets or call 904-633-2000. We're off and running. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on a Thursday afternoon on the Jaguars Digital Network. Jaguars
0: Happy Hour is brought to you by DreamFinders Homes, homes that fit your lifestyle. And by Baptist Health,
3: changing health care for good.
1: Hi folks, Frank Franzi here to tell you where to find the most authentic Southern pit barbecue in all of Jacksonville. That's right, Bono's. For 72 years, Bono's has been smoking real pit barbecue right here on The First Coast. Smoked for hours, served in minutes, and always cut to order. You can find Bono's locations all around town and on game day at TIAA Bank Field. Bono's is the official barbecue of the Jacksonville Jaguars. If you want great barbecue, head to Bono's today. If you don't see a pit,
5: it ain't legit. At Tropical Smoothie Cafe, one taste and you're feeling good now, smiling wider now, seeing brighter now, bucket dunking now, namasteing now, popping a wheelie now, living lighter now. You're on Tropic Time now. And on Mondays, try our Jaguars Duval Delight Smoothies for 2 dollars And you're roaring louder now, end zone dancing now, sipping spirit now. You're on Tropic Time now at Tropical Smoothie Cafe.
1: Headquartered right here in Jacksonville, CSI Companies is one of the fastest growing workforce solutions companies in the nation. As a proud partner of your Jacksonville Jaguars, CSI has the resources necessary to scale with any enterprise, yet they are small enough to maintain the agility, personal service, and remarkable experience they've become known for over the past three decades. This is your workforce and your business reimagined. Visit CSICompanies.com to learn more. Hey, Jaguars fans, it's always game on with Duncan's
0: $2 medium hotter iced coffee, Tuesdays for rewards members. The NFL season is more than just what happens on game day. That's why Duncan wants to get you through the game week too. During football season, the best call is always Duncan. Whether it's the morning after a late night game or getting hyped for the week to come, pick up a cup of your favorite coffee and tackle the day with Duncan. Join today and order ahead of the Duncan app. Jacksonville Jaguars run on Duncan. Exclusions apply. Participation may vary. Limit one
6: Jacksonville Sports Talk for Jacksonville Sports fans. 1010XL,
1: home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back, Jaguars Happy Hour on a Thursday afternoon. JP Shadrick with you. Coming up in just a few minutes, Jeff Lagerman will join us. Jaguars Analyst. And then at 5 o'clock, the Urban Myers Show makes its season debut on the Jaguars Radio Network that's coming up in just a little bit. The Packers and the Saints are coming up this Sunday at TIAA Bank Field. It's a 425 kickoff time. Tickets available at Ticketmaster.com or through the Jaguars ticket office. Call 904-633-2000. Parking is first come, first serve, but it's $30 per vehicle. And I was uh, out there today, and they have painted the field in Saints colors. The end zones have the Saints word logo in the end of it in Saints script. And there's a fleur-de-lis on the 50-yard line. And there will be much more to come before Sunday's game at the bank. And uh, the way I understand it, they'll um, take that all out and get ready for the Jaguars in week two when the Jaguars host the uh, Denver Broncos for their home opener. Adam Archuleta has been on NFL uh, an NFL and CBS analyst since 2013 and now is in his second season working With the uh, veteran play-by-play man Greg Gumbel, Archuleta, uh, we spoke earlier today, had plenty of thoughts about the debut for Meyer and Lawrence, a revamp defense for the Jaguars, and uh, Adam Archuleta has seen some Jaguars football games over the years. With the call on CBS Sports this Sunday as the Jaguars face the Houston Texans, it's analyst Adam Archuleta, our good friend who knows the Jaguars well. Great to see you again, and happy kickoff weekend.
7: Yeah, it's uh, it's good to be back in the saddle. That's for sure. Um, it's always interesting after you know going eight or nine months um, in between doing games and and just getting back into the swing of things. But I, there's nothing like the start of football season, whether you're playing or announcing. It's a great time.
1: The Jaguars are currently at them on a 15-game losing streak. Unfortunately, that's got to end at yeah. some point soon. It's a new era of Jaguars football. New coach, new quarterback, brand new defense. I mean, you've been, you've been covering Jaguars games for a long time on CBS. You started with the NFL and CBS in 2013. It has been quite a journey for this organization from that time to now, and hopefully it's the start of a brand-new future.
7: Uh, you're right. I've seen, I've seen the Jaguars go through big ebbs and flows from, from Gus to, uh, to Doug Marone and Tom Coughlin and now Urban Meyer. I've seen, as you guys have, a lot of different quarterbacks that were supposed to be the answer. Um, but i got to say, if you want to be optimistic, and you are optimistic, I mean, it doesn't get any better than this. Trevor Lawrence is now your quarterback. If he can't do it, I don't know who can. So, you know, it's going to be a bumpy season. There's going to be ups and downs. On paper right now, he has everything that it takes to, to be that guy for you guys. So uh, the, the enthusiasm is well-deserved.
1: You know, Urban Meyer spent the whole off season, Adam, trying to establish the culture here. I, I guess the question is, how do you know when a culture is established? When do you stop pressing the gas pedal on that car and and just get to going week to week and coaching football games? Or is it a constant evolution and, and reminder of what the culture should be?
7: Yeah, that's a good question. I, I don't think, I think you're always toying with it. and And I think when, you get a locker room and and the same message, it becomes stagnant and it becomes on repeat. Then you start to lose things. I think culture certainly it starts with being able to draft and develop your young talent, right. And and not have to go out and really stock your team with a bunch of different free agents. You need those pieces. Sure. But the culture really comes from, from getting those young guys. And one thing, you know, there's, I, I mentioned Gus and I mentioned Coughlin and Marone. Very different uh, personalities, very different cultures. Both are successful. To me, what it comes down to as a player is, is very simple. If I buy in to what you're teaching me and I see the result on the field, meaning I make more plays and I'm having success, then I don't really care what kind of coach you are. I don't care if you're positive like Gus or authority. I don't care what it is because the bottom line is if I buy into you, am I a better player at the end of the day? And if these coaches and the staff can instill that in the players within your culture is going to be just fine. But players are really good at, at sniffing out, like if you're a phony and if, if I buy in and then I'm not getting rewarded, well, then all of a sudden now we have a problem. So I think that's really what it comes down to. And look, not to say that the previous two coaches didn't do that because they are wildly successful, right? It just didn't translate to getting it done on the field.
1: Adam Marchaleta with us you touched on Trevor Lawrence he's the number one overall pick and historically number one overall picks struggle from time to time in their first year a lot of rookie quarterbacks do it's just the the name of the game this one feels a little different coming in there's a lot of guys back from a 1-15 football team on this offense the entire line is back couple receivers the running back you're plugging in Trevor Lawrence Can they lean on him right away and open up this full playbook? Or do you work him into it as the weeks go along?
7: I I don't really think that uh, you can really, you know, throw the kitchen sink. Um, This is going to be a progression. And if you've been around the NFL, there are going to be ups and downs. And there's a good chance he might struggle mightily. The best example I think I can come up with to, to explain this process, and somebody I was completely wrong on, was Josh Allen. I did maybe three or four of Josh Allen's games as a rookie. I had severe questions. I had, he, where he had to come from, he was so raw and he came from, I've never seen a quarterback come from that, that a level of rawness, right? He made improvements in his second year, but I still had reservations. You know, there was some basic stuff that he just wasn't getting. And I, I really, really questioned on whether or not, you know, he was going to be an effective quarterback. And then all of a sudden, bam. Right. And now this guy is legit. Like it's the real deal, legit, bona fide guy, but it was a rocky first two years. Um, you see it, you know, the early success Baker Mayfield can't had when he came in, you know, kind of took over and gave Cleveland a shot in the arm, gave him some energy. Then he struggled in year two and he had some questions, you know, Kevin Stefanski comes in, you see last year, he starts to turn it around and starts to make plays again. So, I know we want to see Trevor Lawrence come out and just light it up and be on fire. Chances are, that's not going to happen. But again, if, if he can't do it, you know, I don't know who can, he, he might be maybe the most polished, you know, guy coming out of college since Andrew Luck and certainly luck had some good um, times as a rookie, but you just got to ride the journey and you just got to you know, <laughs> be willing to take it. Jacksonville fans, some great moments, some head scratching moments, but that's the beauty of being a
1: football fan. Adam Archuleta with us. This defense last year couldn't stop the run at all, Adam. They were 31st in the league against the run. They made it a priority in the offseason, though, and personnel to go get a bunch of free agent players up front, a new linebacker. They added a bunch in free agency in the in the defensive backfield, put some draft equity into that too. The question is, what is this thing going to look like on defense? First of all, it's a whole brand new scheme, 3-4. They're multiple, a new coordinator, so many new faces. I think that's the real question mark of this game on Sunday is what in the heck is this thing going to look like?
7: Yeah, you know, I think that's a, it's a great question. It's funny because you go to the Texan side and they're going, they're almost swapping places. So tech, the Texans were, you know, extremely multiple and doing all that stuff with, with Romeo's influence. You know, now they go to, you know, Lovey Smith, who, who keeps it more simple and, and gets guys to play fast. On the other side, you know, if they're going to bring that that Ravens kind of style that they're kind of known for, it's going to be extremely multiple. Right. And so you got a coach that's coming from a place with a track record of doing two things, putting tremendous pressure on a quarterback and playing with an extremely physical style. I mean, that's been the, the, the Raven blueprint for years you know obviously they draft well they get good players they develop players um if if it resembles anything like what they've been able to build in baltimore then i think it's going to be a treat but again these are two uh, brand new staff got a bunch of new players a bunch of new faces you know this thing is going to take time you know they they've had to rebuild this thing Um, but there's no doubt that up front is where it starts in the nfl if you've got guys that can that can be physical and stuff the run and then obviously get after the passer and harass him, that is really the first two ingredients that you need for a top-end defense.
1: Adam, it feels like a big year for Josh Allen. He missed a bunch of games last year, defensive end and outside linebacker now. A little different setup in this scheme for him. What kind of year can you expect from Allen coming off? He's healthy now and, and all this new environment around him.
7: Well, yeah, it always comes down to health, first and foremost. And you know that's the number one thing that can kind of derail a player who has a lot of promise and has some very early success, right? So you know if he resembles anything like he was as a rookie, hey, lights out. Now as a rookie, he was more of a situational guy, you know, wasn't really a three-down guy, and so he got a chance with a pretty good pass rusher on the other side to take some of the heat off of him, you know. But now he's probably going to be asked to carry the load a little bit. Um, again, he is being taught. And in a system that really has it dialed in on on how they use the beat protection, how they get after the passer, how they manufacture rush. In order to do that, you've got to have a pretty disciplined secondary that can communicate, you know, and not get mixed up and not give you know free players or free access to some big plays. If their defensive coordinator's history is any any predictor, uh, they should be able to manufacture some pretty good pressures and put a guy like Allen in one-on-one matchups and. I expect that he's going to emerge as, you know, that premier rushing in.
1: That's Adam Archuleta, CBS Sports Analyst. He'll have the call of the game this Sunday at NRG Stadium in Houston, along with Greg Gumbel, A.J. Ross on the sideline for CBS. Always good to catch up with Arch. He's been covering Jaguars games a lot uh, over the last uh, eight years or so, and uh, always good to see him on Jaguars broadcasts. And uh, you could almost call him part of the Jaguars TV network. He's been on so much on Jaguars' games since 2013. Let's come back in a moment, and Jeff Loggeman will join us and get us ready for week one the Jaguars and the Texans. Check out the official Jaguars podcast network, a free subscription on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your pods. We have this show right after. We've got Jaguars reporters huddle up with Bucky Brooks. Jags drive time. The Ozone podcast is back tomorrow with special guest Malcolm Brown, defensive tackle. Give us that five-star rating as always. A little later, five o'clock, the Urban Meyer Show. This is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.
0: Jaguars Happy Hour is brought to you by TIAA Bank. Turn potential into
3: progress. And by Publix, where shopping is a pleasure.
5: If something's been hurting, aching, or bothering you, don't ignore it any longer. It's time to take care of your health again. It's time to make an appointment with a Baptist Health primary care doctor or specialist. Call 904-202-4U to schedule a virtual visit or see a doctor in person at a Baptist Health location. The time for better health is here. Call 904-202, the number 4-Y-O-U, or visit getbetterjacks.com.
1: This is Ice-T. Cold Steve Austin and Matty Ice. This is
3: a cold
8: call. I convinced NFL teams to turn to cold water washing with Tide. The NFL, your uniforms get dirty. Tide can handle it, even in cold. Plus, if fans join in, they can save up to $150 on their energy bill.
1: Looks like you just made the
3: team, rookie. Turn to cold with Tide. And that's the bottom line. It's got to be Tide.
5: Energy savings based on average when switching from hot to cold to non he machines. At Tropical Smoothie Cafe, one taste and you're feeling good now, smiling wider now, seeing brighter now, bucket dunking now, staying now, popping a wheelie now, living lighter now. You're on Tropic Time now. And on Mondays, try our Jaguars Duval Delight Smoothies for 2 dollars And you're roaring louder now, end zone dancing now, sipping spirit now. You're on Tropic Time now at Tropical Smoothie Cafe.
0: Your family isn't like anyone else's. Your home shouldn't be either. At DreamFinders Homes, you can build the home of your dreams in one of their 30-plus communities in Northeast Florida. Choose from luxury single-family homes or maintenance-free townhomes from the 200s. DreamFinders specializes in homes built to fit your lifestyle. To find out more, call 904-738-0165 or visit DreamFindersHomes.com.
1: The station that the Jaguars listen to, 1010XL. Home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. On a Thursday afternoon, Jaguars game day broadcasts are presented by Vistar Credit Union. Glad you're along with us today. J.P. Shadrick. Our thanks to Adam Archuleta of CBS Sports. Jeff Lagerman jumps in now, Jaguars analyst, and it is almost kickoff weekend. In fact, it starts tonight down in Tampa. The world champs get it going. Yeah, I'm
8: excited about
1: that game and everything that
8: you read about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and how much better they are this year. That's hard to imagine because they got on such a roll at the end last year. Right. If they're better than last year, look out. I mean, it's going to be a great team and look a uh, great way to celebrate their Super Bowl championship and also against America's team. I mean, what better way to start the NFL calendar?
1: Oh, the Jaguars will soon be America's team, okay? They're the next- the if, you win,
8: if you win, you <laughs> right. can become everybody's team. I mean, that's the fact. I mean, JP, you go back, and, yeah. and, and seriously, you go back to the 70s. And when I was growing up as a kid, I, I grew up right in the backyard of, of the Washington Redskins, mm-hmm. which is now the Washington football team. But in the 70s, who was really good? Dallas. Now, well, Dallas was good. Steelers. That's right. Yeah. Terry Bradshaw, Franco Harris, mm-hmm. Jack Lambert, who was I used to just love Jack Lambert. And they became kind of my adopted team, not you know, because they won. So I mean, there could be little kids in Kansas and Pittsburgh that could become Jaguar fans if the Jaguars win. It's, it's what it's all about. It's
1: about winning. Urban Meyer is set to make his NFL regular season debut this week, and uh, you know he said it the other day in a press conference that you know, he's so detail-oriented when it comes to game planning and and having every tip sheet i dotted t's crossed and everything. And he's really hard on his assistant coaches more than the players. So I'm sure this this week, going into regular season week one, uh, they're probably getting a, a full uh, full glass of Urban Meyer if you will, uh, as he gets ready for a football game?
8: Well, look, uh, that's, that's the head coach's job. I mean, he basically holds his assistants accountable, who in turn have to hold the players accountable. And the best in the business at it is Bill Belichick. And when you talked to different people that played for Bill Belichick, that's the one thing that they always talk about is his attention to detail and how he never, met, never missed any situation where whenever they got into a game, they felt confident in what they were doing because they had practiced it. And there's not many coaches that ever miss all of the details in the National Football League, but Belichick is one of them. Can Meyer be one of them? Well, his track record is spoken. He's one of the winningest coaches in college football history. Does that translate to NFL success? Not necessarily, but it cert- you certainly have. Look, if you stink as a college coach, there's probably not a real good chance you're going to be good in the NFL. So at least... You know that he has the ability to be a good coach, and so there's
1: excitement there. Yeah, if you stick in college, you're not going to get you're probably going to stick in the NFL. You might not be in college that long either.
8: I mean, look, <laughs> it's. Uh, I think leadership is obviously it's incredibly important, but at the NFL level, leadership is not everything. You can have great leadership. Jimmy Johnson, great leader, uh, got a lot of respect for Jimmy Johnson. I mean, he's a Hall of Fame coach. And he was able to do it in Dallas and do it at a level that was i mean at that time I mean he was the man I mean he was dominant, and then he goes to Miami and it it turns out a little bit different. It's the same thing with Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick was in Cleveland and wasn't able to do anything, but then once he got together with some great players in New England, n- namely Tom Brady, he was great, so you gotta have both and because there's been some great quarterbacks and not many though that have not won, okay with mm-hmm. Without I mean because look, if you if you gave if you're an owner of an NFL franchise and you asked that owner and if you went to all owners in the NFL today and said, look, you got a choice. You can either have the greatest coach or the greatest quarterback. Who are you going to take? Hmm. Greatest quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, all, Those all don't day, come around all the time. All day long. I mean because that's that's what it takes and the Jaguars have what many view as that he could be a great quarterback and so This is where you get excited, JP. I mean, because now the lights are bright, the games count. There's winners and losers starting tonight, okay, and carrying on into Sunday. So you're going to see exactly where this football team stands, and you're going to see where their first overall draft pick how he measures up. It's awesome.
1: You know, I'm just going back thinking about the the coaches that have made the transition and jump. We're talking about players. You know, Jimmy Johnson had players because they had all the draft picks and traded Herschel away and all that. Nick Saban didn't have it in Miami. They couldn't get Drew Brees down there. The the failed oh, Nick, physical. Nick's, remember, Nick
8: Saban. Well, look, I mean, Nick and Saban that, that, points just, to that as the reason why yeah. he lost. I mean, sure. I mean, that's certainly quarterback part of it. You got to have a quarterback, yeah. and would he have won with? It? Probably would have won a lot more than what he did. That's right. Might have stayed in the in the National Football yeah, he, League longer. But Nick Saban did the wise thing, and he went somewhere where the field is never level, and that's college football. You can always out-recruit the other guy. I mean, but, I mean, that's a rare talent in and of itself. I'm not saying that anybody can go and win in college football because obviously that's not the case. But that's what makes football at the college
1: level so much different than the NFL level. Let's get to the quarterback now, Trevor Lawrence, making his National Football League debut. And we asked Archuleta this a moment ago. Do you let him loose? Do you work him into the game plan slowly with some high percentage throws, run the ball? What's the feel with Trevor?
8: I think I think you have to manage the situation. And I really felt that last year with Justin Herbert, the Chargers did, and Anthony Lynn did, I think, a, a masterful job of managing him. And what, I, what people say, what do you mean by manage him? There were so many situations that the Chargers were in last year where you would think, okay – you got to let Justin Herbert air it out here. And the Chargers chose to call running plays where they would hand the ball off. So they tried to take as much pressure off of Justin Herbert as they possibly could, and it, and it, and it made it an easier transition for him. It allowed him to have the success, in my opinion, that it allowed him to have the success that he did. If he didn't have that management of, of the exposure or his exposure, I don't think he would have done as well as he, as he did. So, how do you do that? First of all, you need to run the football well. Sure. I mean, that's, that's a big part of managing your quarterback. So, if you run the football well, you take a lot of pressure off of him. And if you're all of a sudden you run a first down play and you end up getting stuffed for a, a, a one yard game, because I'm not going to say minus one, because James Robinson never, never. gets stopped for minus never. one. Never. So, we'll just say it's a one yard <laughs> game. You can't be afraid to turn around and hand it off again because you know what? Maybe you end up at third and four. Whereas if you throw an incompletion on second and nine, you're looking at third and nine, you know, and third and nine is obviously not nearly as good as third and four. So you can't be afraid to hand the ball off on some second and longs. And that's, that's all part of the management. And one thing that listening to Daryl Bevel today, speak to the media, he talked about keeping Trevor Lawrence healthy and in the pocket. Urban Meyer talked about that this week, about how do we go about keeping him healthy? How do we go about help helping him have success and because, you know, if you go back and you listen to some of my comments in the offseason, I thought that it would be easier to transition Trevor Lawrence into the NFL because they could utilize some of his mobility in some packages while he's learning to function in the pocket. Right. I get the impression now that they're like they're, – I don't want to say they're saying essentially that they're not going to do that. No, well, they But they're saying that said. we don't you – know, they don't, don't want to run them. They don't want to do it that way. Yeah. Which in the long run, that's probably the smart decision to make. But I think it's very interesting. How much will they actually let Trevor Lawrence run? How much will they incorporate that read option part of the offense into their offense that they're going to use at the NFL level? Because that doesn't work if the quarterback
1: is not a legitimate running threat, the read option system. That's right, because they can just focus on the back at at all times or the pass that comes off of it. Yeah, so I mean, I I
8: think it's, I mean, and that's part of the curiosity about this opener. First off, there's always the curiosity about a first overall pick. But then for me it goes beyond that. Uh, are the Houston Texans the dumpster fire that everybody says they are? Uh, are they going to be as bad as everybody says they are? Right. Are the Jaguars offense are they are they going to not incorporate some of the read option stuff to make sure that they protect their quarterback Trevor Lawrence? What will the offense look like? How will the offensive line perform? I mean, all oh, there's so many different questions that you just, you're just you anticipating seeing the answers on Sunday and I think that's what makes this game so unique.
1: If you're looking for the MVP of the truck game, then look no further than Ford F-150. Loaded with impressive capability and designed to dominate work, play and everything in between, this truck makes tough look easy. No wonder it's the official truck of the NFL and proud partner of your Jacksonville Jaguars. We're back in a moment Logs and we'll talk a little Jaguars defense.
8: And they had better tighten up their run defense this week.
1: We're going to find out real quick if they've got a fixture. they they got a stable of backs in Houston. Uh, They do. We'll get to those guys coming up as well. And the uh, injury report also has come out today. We'll get you updated on that when we return. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.
5: So it's happy hour. Let's talk whiskey options. Have you tried Citrus Distillers? Have you tried Citrus Distillers Limited Edition 2021 Barrel Age Jaguar Whiskey? Did you know it's only available for a limited time and manufactured in Jacksonville? Yes, Jacksonville. I said local whiskey. Try it on the rocks or in a Jack's Whiskey Sour. Citrus Distillers Jaguar's Whiskey is available at local liquor stores, restaurants, and the Jaguar Stadium. Drink local, Jacksonville. Find recipes and events at jaguarswhiskey.com.
0: Your family isn't like anyone else's. Your home shouldn't be either. At DreamFinders Homes, you can build the home of your dreams in one of their 30-plus communities in Northeast Florida. Choose from luxury single-family homes or maintenance-free townhomes from the 200s. DreamFinders specializes in homes built to fit your lifestyle. To find out more, call 904 738 0165 or visit dreamfindershomes.com Hey Jaguars fans, it's always game on with Duncan's $2 medium hotter iced coffee Tuesdays for rewards members. The NFL season is more than just what happens on game day. That's why Duncan wants to get you through the game week too. During football season, the best call is always Duncan. Whether it's the morning after a late night game or getting hyped for the week to come, pick up a cup of your favorite coffee and tackle the day with Duncan. Join today and order ahead of the Duncan app. Jacksonville Jaguars run on Duncan. Exclusions apply. Participation
8: may vary. Limit one per week. This is Ice-T. Stone Cold Steve Austin and Matty Ice.
1: This is a
8: cold call. I convinced NFL teams to turn to cold water washing with Tide. The NFL, your uniforms get dirty. Tide can handle it, even in cold. Plus, if fans join in, they can save up to $150 on their energy bill.
1: Looks like you just made the team, rookie.
3: Turn to cold with Tide. And that's the bottom line. It's got to be Tide.
5: Energy savings based on average when switching from hot to cold to non-aging machines.
3: Jaguars fans, here's a
7: great way to pay with pride wherever you go. Exclusively from TIAA Bank, the Jacksonville Jaguars Visa Debit Card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features, along with the convenience to make purchases online or at millions of locations worldwide. And it's yours, free, when you open a Yield Pledge checking account. Order yours today. Visit TIAABank.com Jagscard. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars.
1: Mike Dempsey and Fat Tony. Jaguars today. All Jaguars, all NFL, all the time. 10 to noon weekdays on 1010XL. Welcome back. It's Jaguars happy hour on a... Thursday afternoon, the Urban Meyer Show coming up at 5 o'clock. Veterans choose VA for the benefits you've earned. Visit choose.va.gov. A busy schedule at Daly's Place coming up tonight. Rod Wave. Tomorrow night, Sam Hunt. Trippy Red, the 18th of September. Carlos Santana and his band, September 21st, 311 the 22nd. Tickets at Daly'sPlace.com. I'm going to have to get uh, Baselli to give uh, give me the couch for the Santana show. He's got some connections. I think he does. I mean, that's like
8: the Tony Baselli couch at
1: Daily Sports. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah pretty um, much. That would be a good one to see. I'm excited for the schedule coming up and you should be too. Uh, October is even busier than that. Good, so good. A lot of, everybody's catching up, Logs, because everybody's been off for a year and a half touring, and they're trying to all catch up now this fall, which is cool.
8: Uh, I, I love live music, and I love live music in smaller venues, and uh, Daly's Place has got it going on now. They certainly so, I mean, it's a perfect place to – I mean, you know, it's outdoors. I
1: mean, a lot of people are still
8: kind of nervous about going inside. I mean, so it's outdoors. I mean, why not?
1: Love it. Here's the injury report presented by Baptist Health, changing health care for good. Yesterday's report had Trey Herndon – Uh, Not practicing with a knee issue. Tyson Campbell limited with a calf issue, both corners. And that is the same designation today. The uh, announcement just came down. Both were uh, the same exact uh, listing as yesterday. Did not practice for Herndon. Limited today for Tyson Campbell.
8: Yeah, and uh, Tyson Campbell hopefully will be fine. I think he's going to be a part of this defense this week. when they go to nickel, he's your nickel guy. I mean, will he move to the inside? I think that will depend on matchups. You know, if they want to have a guy that is longer than Tyson Campbell could be in as a nickel back, or if they want to have somebody that's maybe, you know, if, let's say, for example, Danny Amendola, who just recently signed with the Texans. Let's say he lines up in the slot. Maybe they feel better if they've got C.J.
1: on him. You know, I, I don't know. that But you certainly have that flexibility. Let's get into this Jaguars defense a little bit here, and to that point, Joe Cullen uh, spoke today, Jaguars defensive coordinator, and said, you know, there's so many different packages and personnel groupings they can have on this defense. and you, They really do. And you can craft, you obviously craft those, and his point was you craft them around the personnel you have. You don't just have, hey, we're doing dime no matter what. You have to have the right guys out there to be able to execute certain things, and it feels like they, they're they going to really mix this thing up a lot.
8: Well, when when he says they're going to mix it up a lot and they have all these different packages, you know, and I think the one thing that he said would, it was very true. He said you don't run packages just to run packages. That's right. so you're running packages because there's a purpose to it. For example, let's say you want to have uh, four down in your nickel out there. Okay, but the down and distance might be, you know, because you're facing the Texans, and the Texans are going to want to be trying to run the football quite a bit. So you're concerned about them maybe trying to run the football. Well, if that's the case, then you may end up having, uh, let's say, Devon Hamilton at one defensive tackle and Malcolm Brown at the other defensive tackle. And then you might have uh, Jihad Ward Mm -hmm. at one defensive end and Smoot at the other defensive end. That's kind of a big nickel package, right? Well, if it's all of a sudden you're feeling like they're going to really throw the football. Jihad Ward's now a three technique. Smoot might be a 3 technique and then you got Caleb Onche's on and Josh Allen outside on as your rushers. Right. You know so I mean there's there's a lot of ways to play a package and there's a lot of ways to play that's in a nickel package it's no different playing in your base personnel. You have some flexibility there. And that's the one thing about this defense is that you have guys that can do multiple things and the more each guy can do the more flexibility that you have as a coach, and the harder it is for an offensive coordinator to say, hey, look, let's really attack this because they have that personnel grouping on the field. From the front seven, they can do a lot of different things out of that. So there's, it's kind of hard to attack a certain area. But the one thing that I do know this week, yes. the Texans are going to come out and they're going to try to run the football. I mean, they're going to try to. I mean, they're, It's not going to be just, okay, we're, we're going to have a half-hearted dedication to it it is going to be a full-blown, we're going to run the, run the football and run the football and run the football and run the football and run the football because they want to make sure that they can run the ball, play action. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, play action. Tyrod Taylor is at his best when he's moving. Yeah. Bootlegs, out yeah. of the pocket, play action. And, uh, and they have a whole stable of running backs to help them. Run the football. they got five on the roster. Yeah, a bunch of older guys, too. Guys that have been around the league for a minute, well, I mean, does, I mean, yeah. I mean Either way. Just, just the sheer number mm-hmm. that they have at that position ought to tell you where, where their thought process is from a game plan standpoint. If you've got five running backs, you're going to run football. If you've got eight wide receivers, <laughs> right. chances are you might want to throw the football a little bit. You know, <laughs> So the Texans have revamped their offensive line. They went out and they signed Justin Britt. As a free agent off the street, he's coming off an ACL that he suffered in '19. They moved Titus Howard from right tackle over to left guard, and they've moved some guys around. Andy Heck's son is out this week because of COVID, so could they have Marcus Cannon, who you know the former New England Patriot that opted out last year and who's been a good tackle in the league? I mean, so they have they have revamped their offensive line, added a stable of running backs because they will be committed
1: to the running game. The uh, yeah, and then Tyrod Taylor. We you know we've heard from Joe Cullen today. We heard earlier in the week from Urban Meyer about the quarterback for the Texans in this week's game. He's been around the league for a long time. Has had some success in his past, but has some, never really been a, a consi- never really been a consistent starting quarterback in the league. Was it with the Chargers a few years ago where he got, uh, was getting a shot in his ribs that and was like last punctured year. his lung, right? It was last when, year. That's when Herbert. Yeah, he right. was
8: getting ready to play in a game. He had yeah, a couple cracked right. ribs and he was taking a pain injection. And then the doctor, I guess, pushed the needle in too far. It punctured his lung and, and there was major concern. They had to rush him to the hospital. Right. And he did not play again for the rest of the year. But he is a good, really good backup. Tyrod Taylor is the one th- reason why they brought him those because uh, Cully, the head coach of the Texans, had a relationship with him because they were together, I believe, in Buffalo uh, back in 2017 when Tyrod Taylor was the starter there. Mm-hmm. So that's where that relationship came from. And I think originally they wanted to have Deshaun Watson there even if Desha- uh, or they wanted to have Tyrod Taylor there even if Deshaun Watson was going to be the quarterback because David Cully felt so strongly about the example that Tyrod Taylor sets. Well, then everything kind of went to hell in a handbasket with Deshaun <laughs> sure. Watson and the allegations and, and you know, the, the demand that he wants to be traded and all that stuff happens. And so now you've got... Uh, a guy that is – and I will tell you this about Tyrod Taylor. He is an average quarterback. That's what he is. I mean, average quarterback at best. He's probably not – might not even be an average quarterback. But if he gets out of the pocket and he creates what we call scramble rules or buys time outside of the pocket, then he becomes a dangerous quarterback because things become off schedule and he can make throws down the field. So what you want to do with him is keep him in the pocket make him function as a pocket passer. If he gets
1: out, that's where he can hurt you. The Texans receivers are much different looking than they have been over the last few years around there. They have a lot of changes. Brandon Cooks is there now. Chris Conley is now in the wide receiver room. Uh, It's not quite as deep as it has been in the past there, obviously, when they had... um, the, the bigger names that were in that room.
8: Well, Cooks has been all over the place. I mean, he's been traded like, what, five times? I'm just, I'm just being kind of facetious there, but no, he's, he's been traded a bunch. It's his fourth team. And when you've been traded a bunch, I mean, how good are you? I mean, that's a legitimate question. I mean, people that are great, they don't get traded like that. You know, so he's, a, he's not a, a, one, a number one wide receiver. He's a good wide receiver. And he's got blazing speed, which is a concern. And the rest of them, we know what Conley is. He's a a three at best. And a super guy. Love him. And uh, I think he's a stand-up of guys that there is. He's big. He has some drops occasionally, as we saw when he was here. And then their third wide receiver was supposed to be Anthony Miller, who they got, I believe, from the Bears. And he dislocated the shoulder in the preseason. And he is not expected to play, I don't believe, this week. And so they go out there and – They drive right down the road and and knock on the door of Danny Amendola, who's from not uh, far from downtown Houston, and say, hey, will you want to come to Patriots South? (laughs) You know, because uh, Cesario, Cesario, the general manager, is from the Patriots, and Amendola obviously spent some time up there with him, and they're trying to create a culture there in Houston, so they sign Amendola to be a slot receiver. I'm not sure exactly why they would pay somebody who is in their 13th year who was on the street and nobody else was willing to sign. I don't know why they would pay him $2.5 but they did. And so once he's on this active roster this week, he's going to be guaranteed that money, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense as to why that they would do that. But anyway. I don't think
1: Danny's going to question it.
8: Heck no. I mean, he's happy about it. <laughs> right. But, I mean, look, the, again, this is about the running game. And this I think plays right into the Jaguars' hands because this defense that we saw in the preseason, as bad as they were last year in the league, as far as stopping the run, it appears that they have fixed that from what we saw in the preseason. And yes, they weren't facing a lot of number one offenses, mm-hmm. but JP, what were the numbers? They were the very good, yes. I mean I, I think. To they were your like...
1: point though, they didn't have they didn't play really a starting running back all preseason. No.
8: And Who scares you with the Texans running back group?
1: Who scares me? Yeah, does anybody
8: scare you out of that group? Not really. Not really. So, I mean, that's, I think, a big part of it. I mean, the Texas running backs are – and first of all, a lot of people are calling the geriatric squad.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Are they? Some are. (laughs) I will say they've been around uh, the block a time or two. Well, Ingram's in
8: his 11th year. He's been around a long time, and I know he's from – Alabama, JP, and I know you're a big fan of his. Burkhead's in his year number nine. He's been around the block a lot. David Johnson's been around for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: Seventh year. Phillip
8: Lindsay, who was the undrafted guy that the Broncos got a couple years ago and then kind of flamed out a little bit as a small, shifty type of guy. You know, so uh, Scotty Phillips, I don't know much about him. He hasn't played much. Uh, but those other, you know, the four main guys that we're talking about, I mean, have been around the league. They've been pretty good. Or have been good at times and I think that it's going to be an interesting matchup. I would not be surprised. The one thing I would be concerned about if I'm Joe Cullen is what kind of packages are they going to have with multiple running backs on the field at mm. the same time? Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't want to say you're concerned, but I mean, you're just aware that they could do that. They could end up having let's say uh they got David Johnson lined up, split out in the slot and then they've got Rex Burkhead also lined up in a slot, and then they got Mark Ingram lined up in the behind the right? quarterback. I mean, how do you how do you match up? I mean, those are some of the things I think that you want to make sure that you're you're ready and prepared
1: to handle. Could, you could see you never know what you're going to see. No, it, it, and in opening week, you just got to deal with. Sometimes there'll be a negative play. Move on. Get on to the next play, and, well, and try to make it a positive.
8: And I'm and I'm glad you kind of bring that up because that's the one thing about opening day that is critical, and that. There will be something that pops up with on both sides. Now, I mean, from the Texans' perspective and also from the Jaguars' perspective and both sides of the ball from each perspective. That Let's say the Jaguars go out there and they, they see something that the, the Texans' offense has never shown before or something they didn't anticipate.
3: Mm-hmm.
8: They're going to have to adjust. The Jaguars' offense may see something out of Levy Smith's defense that they've never, they've never expected. But if they see it, then they have to adapt and adjust on the fly. And that's a lot of times what will happen on opening week, especially when you have two organizations that had significant change with the
1: coaching staff and the player rosters. So the Jaguars and the Houston Texans coming up this Sunday at NRG Stadium in Houston, Texas. It's a one o five official kickoff time as the Jags get it started on the road. And again, the Packers and the Saints will be here at TIAA Bank Field four twenty five that day. And I, I can't wait, man! I'm so fired up. This has been a fun off season. We've had a lot of fun off seasons around here, but it's now time to. Bring that to real football and and see it between the white lines starting on Sunday.
8: Uh, JP, the the for me the anticipation mm-hmm. of going out there and just seeing sixteen. Absolutely. I mean that's absolutely. I mean, look, we saw the wow moments, the wow throws in preseason, and practices where a lot of the fans they don't get to see it. And we tr- we're trying to t- when we've been telling them all along. You know, there's <laughs> right. those three or four throws that you right. see in practice and you go, wow. Well. We were saying it, and then in the preseason we didn't see it, but Dallas we kind of got a glimpse of it. You know, we saw some of that.
1: Because they could actually throw the ball down the field in that game. And they had some speed down the field, was, opened it up. It was sharp. Yeah.
8: So that's what we're hoping to see in Houston, and is it going to be perfect? No. But I'm excited, and I'm also I'm excited, and first of all, congratulations to the captains that were named this week. Seven of them, yeah. All seven of them and in a very unique way. If you haven't seen it, go to Jaguar social media, Twitter, Instagram. I'm sure that it's still posted up Mm -hmm. there, and they can see it there. But pretty cool way of them showing that. And and the captains are Marvin Jones, Trevor Lawrence, and Brandon Linder on offense. And then on defense, you've got four, Josh Allen, Shaq Griffin, Miles Jack, and Rayshon Jenkins. Congratulations to them. And uh, a pretty cool honor. And I can honestly say that, I don't know if there is a bigger honor in the locker room than being named a captain when you're voted on by your peers. Were you a captain ever? I was one of the first captains in Jaguars history. You Japan. were? Okay.
1: Very nice. Very nice. That's, that's a great honor.
8: Yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. I mean, that's something that, you know, you can always say. Look, I was one of the, one of the, one of the first captains.
1: Who are the others? In history.
8: You remember? Uh, that's a great question. I have to go back <laughs> and look.
1: I have to go back and look. It's been a little while. Yeah, it's been been, been about 27 years. You think? (laughs) So, I don't know. Maybe it's been a minute. It's been 27 years. It has been. Yeah, it's been a few. 26 years. Congratulations to those guys. And, of course, the Jaguars and the Texans coming up. Looking forward to this game. Looking forward to Trevor Lawrence. Looking forward to seeing what Urban Meyer uh, gets done in his opening game as an NFL head coach. All of that new on defense. What does it look like? What does it feel like? We're only a couple of sleeps away.
8: A couple of sleeps away.
1: It's coming. Yeah, but the good
8: thing is is that they'll go pretty fast because we have Thursday night opening night football tonight. We do. And then we got college football before we
1: get to Sunday. A lot of football coming up. Uh, We're back in a moment on the network, the Urban Meyer Show for the first time in the 2021 campaign. This has been Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.